With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, guys. It's the ghost. Today, I'm going to talk about some scary things. Now, we all love to read a good book, watch a good scary movie, get freaked out. Halloween's fun. But what happens when Stephen King type things start entering your real world? Does it really creep you out? Or do you just kind of relate it to some of those movies you saw and move on? Well, today I'm going to talk about a few real-life horrors that might not make you feel as comfortable if they happen to you. It's not really things you can brush off as a movie scene. Let's start out first with the Axe Murder House. Maybe you've heard of it, but we're going to get into it right now. The Villisca Axe Murder House in Iowa. It's a well-known tourist attraction, of course, for ghost hunters and horror lovers, right? We love these kinds of places that we can go visit. We make it a part of road trips. Sometimes it's our destination. Well, this site uh, was a place where a gruesome unsolved murder happened in 1912. And I'm talking bad. This involved six children and two adults. When I mean bad, these all these guys all had their skulls completely crushed in, and it was by an axe. Perpetrator? Unknown. Today, as a tourist attraction, people will stay there, and they've reported things like a vision of a man with an axe roaming the halls. Some even say they've heard the faint screams of children. People have been staying in this house since it was restored and made into a tourist destination since 1994. But in November of 2014, the haunting took an even darker turn. So there's this guy, Robert Stephen Lawson. He's 37, of Rhinelander, Wisconsin. So he's going there. He's just having a regular recreational paranormal visit to his site. He's with his friends. But while he's there, true horror struck, and I mean true horror, something him and his group could never have expected or even imagined. His companions, his friends that he went on this trip with, they end up finding him stabbed in the chest. They say it was apparently a self-inflicted wound. They called 911. Lawerson was brought to a nearby hospital, and then he was helicoptered to Creighton University Medical Center in Omaha. The Montgomery County Sheriff's Office, okay, that's important, it's the Sheriff's Office, they said that Larson suffered the self-inflicted injury at about 12.45 a.m. And what's important about that is that's around the same time that the 1912 axe murders in the house were thought to begin. 
Larson recovered from his injuries, surprisingly, and he's never spoken publicly about what happened that day. The owner has spoken out, though, saying that the incident was extremely upsetting because why wouldn't it be? And it's publicity, but it's not the kind that they want. She doesn't want people thinking that when they come to the Velisca Axe murder house, that something is actually going to make them do something like that. The house is still open for tourists. You can go there and stay overnight if you want to. So maybe you should take a trip to Wisconsin. What do you think? All right, next up, haunted dolls. All right, when you think of haunted dolls, it's most likely that you're thinking of, you know, that creepy old Victorian-looking porcelain doll that comes to your mind, right? That's the one that we see in movies a lot of the time, none of which you probably actually have lying around, but that's what you might think of. Well, don't get too comfortable around any kid's toys soon, no matter what they are, okay? Because this is creepy. Have you heard of the Disney's Frozen Elsa doll that was gifted for Christmas in 2013 in the Houston area? And then all of a sudden, this doll is making headlines because it becomes seemingly haunted. All right, so this doll, when you press its little button on its necklace or something like that, it recites phrases from the movie Frozen. It sang that song, Let It Go. Well, the owners say that it did that in English for two years. But then in 2015... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It started doing it alternating between Spanish and English. And there wasn't any button that changed the language. It just kind of happened randomly. This family has owned the doll for more than six years. They've never changed its batteries. The mother says that the doll would randomly begin to speak and sing even if its switch was turned off. So the family decides they're going to throw away this doll. It's too creepy. It's weirding them out. They don't have an explanation. So what do we do? We find one or we try to move it aside. Well, they try to move it aside. They throw it out. That's in the December of 2019. Well, weeks later, they find it again inside a bench in their living room. The kids insisted that they did not put it there. And the mom believes them because they wouldn't have been digging through the garbage in the first place. So kids don't normally do that. So that's probably a good explanation of why it wasn't the children. Well, at that point, this doll, Elsa, she stops singing the English version of Let It Go. She doesn't sing it ever, not even randomly. And she's only speaking Spanish when the button's pressed. So the family then double bags this completely bizarre doll, places it at the bottom of their garbage, which was taken on garbage day. So they're like, okay, it's gone. They go on a trip not that long after that. When they get back, Elsa also had come back. This doll was in the backyard of their home. Now this time, the family mails Elsa to this family friend they have in another state, Minnesota. Well, they don't care if the doll is haunted or not. They don't believe in any of it. They stick it to the front of their truck, and the doll never goes back to Houston. So what do you think of that? This family's going through this entire event. Could it have been their house that was something in the house that was coming through the doll? 
Because why isn't it weird on the truck? And if you're a superstitious person, I don't know about putting that on your vehicle. could cause you to crash. A lot of things could happen. Don't believe nothing happens? Is that how it works? Something to think about. How about a deadly exorcism? Because in August of 2016 in North London, there's a 26-year-old, Kennedy Ife, and he begins acting strange, and he's being aggressive, and he's saying that he has a pain in his throat. He bites his father. He threatens to cut off his own penis. He complains of a python or snake that's inside of him before his family finally restrains him to a bed with cable ties, and they have to use a lot of force. This guy is flailing around. He's fighting them. So what the family thinks they're doing is they're going to try to cure Kennedy, and they're going to do it through restraint and prayer, and they're going to do it for three days, kind of like in the movies. The family full-on believes that there is a demon inside of him because he's acting not natural, and that's what it looks like to them. And basically, they had to restrain him to protect them and himself because he was going to hurt himself. If they didn't restrain him, he might have tried to harm them or himself again. Kennedy had been bound to his bed for those three days. He had no medical attention. Finally, his brother calls emergency services, explaining that Kennedy was complaining of dehydration. He appeared to have been developing breathing issues. And then finally, he dies at 10.17 a.m. to be exact. And what happened? Well, all seven members of Kennedy's family were accused of manslaughter, false imprisonment, and causing or allowing the death of a vulnerable adult. A post-mortem exam reveals over 60 wounds, including a possible bite mark on Kennedy's body. His father and his four brothers, they all had injuries as well. So what happened here? Well, after a four-day jury deliberation, all seven family members are cleared of the charges. This is in March of 2019, so this is recent, guys. So what this should tell us is that even those spooky things, you want to brush them off as unreal, the unexplainable is just unreal, sometimes it does prove at least credible enough to get you off a of manslaughter. All right, let's go more creepy. How about dead animals in the walls? Okay, so there's a family in Auburn, Pennsylvania, and they decide that they're going to insulate their home. This is pretty recent too, guys. This is in 2015, and they discover that they have scores of dead animal carcasses in their walls. These dead animals were wrapped in newspapers from about 1930, maybe 1940, and they were among half-used spices and other items in the walls. After removing these items, they sent hundreds of artifacts and carcasses, we're talking hundreds, to an expert who is in Cootstown. This expert attributes the rotting animals in their walls to powwow or Dutch magic. Have you heard of that? It's a ritual originating in the culture of the Pennsylvania Dutch to treat ailments, gain physical and spiritual protection. The Pennsylvania Dutch were a group of German-speaking settlers that went to Pennsylvania in the 16 and 1700s. They were often Lutheran, Mennonite, or Amish, and we still see all of that there today. Many of their spells would deal with the care of livestock, finding water, or maybe the treatment of minor ailments, reflecting the conditions and concerns 
of the early American settlers. This was more their way back then. But powwow also has within it this tradition that's darker with spells, even such things as conjuring demons. That sounds super fun. One of the more notable rituals, you could say, is this hex to create loyalty in a dog. So to attach a dog to a person, provided there was nothing else used before to affect it, try to draw some of your blood, okay? Then let the dog eat it along with his food. Supposedly, that dog will stay with you forever. I don't know about you, but I'm not doing that at dinner tonight, right? The mold found on the rotting carcasses in this home caused illness among the family members. And they say that that odor from all that illness and everything that went on is still there. Not sure that's a place I'd want to visit, but what do you think of it? Maybe you'll like this, the Florida devil worshiping. So in St. Petersburg, Florida, some friends noticed that their friend, Danielle Harkins, she's 35 year old, years old, she's a school teacher. Well, she starts acting really strange, and this is in 2012. She starts to develop this odd interest in demonic rituals. Well, soon after, she's arrested for the abuse of seven of her former students. And this was reported in the Tampa Bay Times. Daniel Harkins told the students they needed to rid their bodies of demons as the group gathered before dusk Saturday around a small fire near the St. Petersburg Pier. This is what it, this is what it says. They should cut their skin to let the evil spirits out. That's what she told the children. And then they needed to burn the wounds to ensure these spirits won't return. Tampa Bay Times also reported, when Harkins held a lighter to one teen's hand, wind blew the flame out. That prompted her to douse his hand in perfume and then set it on fire. This little boy suffered second-degree burns. Another teen was cut in the neck with a broken bottle. Harkins used a flame to heat a small key, which she then used to cauterize the wound. That is not a great day at school. Police were notified because a friend of one of the students who participated in these rituals, they started raising alarms. None of the students themselves told their parents about the event. They wouldn't even comment about it after the, uh, this woman's arrest. Terrible. They are scarred. This is trauma. We hear about all these weird things that happen, you know, these odd abuses and things like that. But on the news, anywhere in our documentaries, it's, we don't really consider any sort of demon or anything like that to have anything to do with these crimes. But when we're looking into the paranormal and we're looking for otherworldly things, we can find them or the idea of them in the different things that happen in our world. How about the death of Eliza Lamb? She was last seen in 2013, in January, in the lobby of the Cecil Hotel. You probably saw this. This also, the hotel has uh, a documentary streaming, so you can check it out because there's other weird things that happen there. But this girl was vacationing through the West Coast. I mean, she was documenting it in her blog. She was checking in with her parents every day. But on January 31st, those calls just stopped. Lamb had vanished. Soon the police are involved, her parents arrive, everyone's trying to help in the search, but they had nothing. Well, that February, LAPD releases elevator surveillance footage from Lamb before she goes missing. The footage shows her behaving really strange in the elevator. She's 
it appears, it looks as though she's talking to people that aren't there. She's looking around the corner of the door. She's crouching in the corner and opening and closing the door. But no one really knows what exactly was going on. All they do know is the video raised more questions than answers. It didn't really tell them anything. All it did was show more of her odd behavior. Theories were out there. Some thought she had a psychotic episode. Some said she was demonically possessed. Other people said there were unknown assailants that you just couldn't see on the camera. Well, on the morning of February 19th, there's a hotel employee. He climbs up to the roof. He uses a ladder to investigate the hotel's water storage tanks, just a normal part of his job. But that's where the authorities end up finding the decomposing naked body of Lamb. Her personal items are nearby, and after an autopsy, her death is labeled accidental. But what was she doing? Was there anything in her system? Why would she go so nuts that she would take off all her clothes and dump herself into a water storage tank? Does that seem realistic to you? I mean, it can happen. I don't know if any of you ever saw the show Drugs Made Me Do It, but if you are on something that really puts you out there, you're going to do out there kind of things. So people did wonder about this. And then, of course, there's the tank itself. How did she even get into it? How did she know where it was? What was her actual plan before getting there? The tank has a metal latch that can be opened. But authorities say access to the roof is secured. It has an alarm and a lock. How did she get up there? Why? The single-room occupancy hotel it has an unusual history overall, though. I don't know if you saw Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez. That was also a documentary, but this guy was well-known. He was found guilty of 14 slayings in the 80s. He lived on the 14th floor for several months back in 1980. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Five. And international serial killer Jack Unterweger. He's suspected of murdering three prostitutes during the time that he lived there in 91. Then he finally killed himself in jail in 1994, but... That's beside the point. In 1962, a female occupant jumps out of one of the windows of the hotel. She kills herself, and she also kills a pedestrian because she lands on them. This hotel has so many strange stories around it. Watching the Netflix documentary is actually worth it because you just find out how many strange things are going on there. Should this place just be torn down? And if we can't explain these unusual events, what do we have to say about it? It's old. Weird people go there. Can we use that as an excuse? Well, Lamb wasn't strange in any way. She was actually just a tourist, a a responsible tourist. So what was the excuse for that? The hotel? But then what causes the hotel? Haunts? I mean, we can't find the logical answer yet again. We accept it. We watch the documentary, and we move on. Let's next talk about this exorcism that happened in Indianapolis. So it was even published in the paper, this lengthy report about this family that was terrorized by three children 
that were allegedly possessed by demons. So it's the account of Latoya Amans and her family. They tell disturbing stories of children that are climbing the walls. They're getting thrown across the room. They're threatening doctors. They have these unnatural voices that are very deep. I mean, it would seem like something out of a movie, right? This is something that we go to watch to get scared on, you know, Halloween. But all the accounts here were more or less corroborated. They'd had about 800 pages of official records and documents that the Indianapolis Star got and interviews and psychologists, family members, even a Catholic priest. So there's a lot documented here on real people trying to find out what's going on. One of the more scary or chilling, creepy sections of the report includes this segment about the possessed nine-year-old. So this nine-year-old had that weird grin, and she was supposedly walking backwards up a wall to the ceiling, then flips over and lands on their feet, and they never let go of their grandmother's hand while they're doing all of this. I'm sure that would have really been scary. Could we say he was just a small little acrobat? Maybe. But do kids really do that? Not sure about that. There was also documentation of the 12-year-old. The 12-year-old would later tell mental health professionals, because that's where she was headed, that she sometimes felt that she was being choked or something, held down and couldn't speak. And she said she'd hear voices. And these voices were telling her that she'd never see her family again and that she wasn't even going to live another 20 minutes. This was, like I said, even reported in the paper, but no actual answers were ever found. So that's what we have left of it. Articles, reports, studies, and findings, but they didn't lead us to anything. All right, next up, I want to talk about this Utah murder-suicide. This is in 2014. In 2014, this Utah teen gets back to his home, finds his parents and his three siblings dead. In a notebook, there was a to-do list that was scribbled on some of the pages, and the list looked like the parents were getting ready to go on vacation, right? Like feed the pets, find someone to watch the house. I mean, that's what they, it looked like they were doing, like making your list before you head out so you don't forget anything. But when they got there, the police are looking around, and it really looked like it was a murder-suicide. But they had their list. They didn't have a suicide note. What's up with that? And there wasn't any indication before any of that that anyone noticed that they were going to do this murder-suicide. They couldn't figure out what was actually going on. And for a year, no one knew exactly what had happened to this family or what could or would drive these parents to do something like this. Well, police end up eventually releasing more details about what happened. And so according to accounts from family members and more investigation done by the police, the parents were driven, they thought, by a belief that the apocalypse was coming and they had an obsession with a convicted killer. So how those go together is even more interesting. The friends in the family of this family told police that the parents were very worried about all the evil in the world and that they wanted to escape this pending apocalypse. And they also had an obsession with a convicted killer. Raises some eyebrows. But friends and family, they were telling police that the, the parents, uh, this murder-suicide, these parents, were worried about all the evil in the world and that they wanted to escape the pending apocalypse. 
I mean, most assumed that, okay, they're getting sick of things, they want to move somewhere, maybe they want to go off grid. But investigators find even more strange things. So there was a letter written by the mother to one of the state's most infamous convicted killers, Dan Lafferty. Dan Lafferty was convicted in the 1984 fatal stabbing of his sister-in-law and her one-year-old daughter. According to the trial testimony, this guy killed the victims at the order of his brother, Ron Lafferty. Ron Lafferty claimed to have had a revelation from God. And so that just makes you wonder if all of this is connected. What was his revelation? Did that have to do with this murder-suicide? Is that what this was? All they do know is the mom became friends with Dan, and then her and her husband even go visit him in prison. What do you think of that? How about the phone stalker? This is back in 2007, but a series of calls to families were terrifying because they had specific death threats in them. So that would make you uncomfortable. I don't care who you are. The unidentified callers, they knew exactly what the families were doing when they'd call. They knew exactly what they were wearing. The families say the calls would come in at all hours of the night. They would threaten to kill their children, their grandparents, their pets. Then voicemails start to arrive. I mean, these are recordings of their private conversations, even those with local police detectives. The caller knows what they're wearing, what they're doing, and after months of investigating, the police, even though they have what they have, they're powerless to stop any of this. They don't know where it's coming from. This went on with this family for months. They reported a caller with a scratchy voice, threatening to slit their throats. And here's the most interesting part, and this will seem familiar to you in movies. Well, the police try to trace the calls that were coming in, and what they find is that it traces right back to their house to phones that weren't even on. What do they say it is? Hackers, of course. They would know where they are, what they're doing, what they're wearing, recording private conversations. So that's their answer of what happened. It's up to you whether you'll take that as truly the answer. And then the last one I'm going to talk to you about today, I'll leave you with this. Issei the Cannibal. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Have you heard of this? This is back in 1974. Well, okay. 24-year-old. Waco University student Issei Sagawe allegedly followed a German woman to her home in Tokyo, Japan. He broke into her apartment while she was sleeping and then attempted to cut a piece of flesh off of her body so that he could eat it. And when she wakes up, she reportedly fought him and he was later captured by police. Well, there was a documentary that came out about this in 2012 and it covered this story. He was mistakenly charged with attempted rape. His wealthy father paid the victim a settlement outside of court so that the charges could be dropped. All right, well, that's, that's all well and good. Well, seven years later, this would be 1981, he allegedly commits a murder in France. 
shooting, and eating a fellow university student, Rene. He say creepily documented this entire experience. He had photographs, but he was captured by authorities once again while he's attempting to dump the rest of her body in the lake. He ends up being deported back to Japan, where he is committed to a mental institution. Well, for a reason that we don't know, his psychologists in Japan declare that he's sane. And even more than that, a legal technicality involving the French government that apparently they refused to turn over the documents from his case. Well, that means that his murder charges get dropped completely. So he goes ahead and checks himself right out of that mental hospital, and he's been reported walking the streets as a free man ever since. He's kind of become this controversial celebrity, actually. He's written over 20 books. And that's great, but what's creepy about that is he has this sort of obsession over a celebrity, and he he talks about her in his writing, saying, I'll get a glimpse of her and I'll think to myself that that looks tasty. And then he'll go on to say, well, I don't feel like I actually want to eat it. I accomplished the act of cannibalism once. And I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to be that actress. He was also referenced in the Rolling Stones song, Too Much Blood. Like I said, controversial celebrity. Those lyrics read, and when he ate her, he took her bones to the river. This guy is now currently 73. He still lives in Kawasaki City, Japan. And to this day, no one knows why France did not allow Japan to give him a trial. And these become the things that we can speculate on, we can wonder about, we can try to decipher. But unless we can go back in time and be a fly on the wall, we may never get answers to some of these crazy mysteries. Well, thank you for listening, and thank you for being here. We all have the questions. That's why we stay curious.